Hey everyone, Vito from More Beer. We got another episode of the mashup coming to you and we're talking with Wynn at Wondrous Brewing about West Coast IPAs. Awesome. Hey, Wynn, thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. Of course. Thanks for coming on over and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about West Coast IPAs, but let's start with a little bit about your brewing history. I know we've been friends and homebrewed together for days. Yeah. Uh, but then, you you know, a lot of commercial brewing, sure, school, sure, sure. education. I'd love to, to oh, yeah. talk about we that We can well. dive on into yeah, it. Yeah, tell um, us all about it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I got started back when I was like 16, 17, back in Concord, EJ Fair, back in those days. Shout out to my mom, Becky, for hooking that one up. Um, I was just kind of like, I was working there. My first job was kind of like busboying at EJ Fair. And like, you know, back then, like that was kind of like the only like kind of beer related spot out in the East Bay. And you know, like all the Brewing Network dudes were hanging out and it was awesome. And, you know, they knew my mom from like, you know, just from bartending working there. And they just kind of like saw me and like hey like I was kind of interested in beer at the time and they kind of like showed me in took me in and kind of like hey let's 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 brew some beer together see how you like it and I kind of just fell in love with it like you know kind of fell in love with like the people more than like the whole everything else before then community yeah yeah the community was always great but um kind of homebrewed only homebrewed maybe like less than 10 times before uh I actually started like working at a brewery when like EJ Fair and Heretic were opening mm. up like the Pittsburgh Brewery, 30 Barrel Brew House, and uh, applied for like the Siebel Brewing School. And cause you know, just kind of from my experience and I got accepted into that. So like, you know, I, like when I was 21, I did the whole Chicago, Domans, and Munich uh, Brewing School program. And it was just like one of the best things ever. It was so, it was super cool. Learned so much, met a great, so many great people and I would do it all over again if I could. And um, kind of once I, once I got back from that, I kind of worked at a big old brewery, you know, 250 barrel brew house, just production plant 24 seven, 365, just crushing beers. And it was amazing because a lot of the brewing school stuff kind of like, like teaches you about ginormous brewing scale, not just like home brewing. So like, going from a from brewing school to a big brewery was a really like like a nice transition and uh went down to santa cruz capitola and worked at one of my favorite breweries ever sante adarius and i loved him today i loved that whole place that was awesome and it was kind of like heartbreaking to like leave them once i found out about like you know kind of making wondrous a thing but i was like oh, i have to do it it's definitely a dream to make my own brewery and uh here we are now actually so like right before before I started going to brewing school, I kind of like in like a little period of like a little over a year where I was like, I wasn't working at the brewery. And then like, I was kind of like waiting for brewing school to start. I actually uh, got a job at working at More Beer with Phil and the warehouse crew. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. It was like, it was such a cool little team. And um, just, you know, like still like being around just like home brewing ingredients and just like seeing all the different aspects and just like, I mean, actually like, working in a warehouse and like I still use a lot of like the skills that I've used from that that I learned from that like job like in here like you know moving pallets around and like yeah. yeah like efficiencies like you know driving a forklift in tight spots all that fun stuff so uh yeah working on more beer was just like an awesome little like thing because I mean like when I first started like when I, my first few homebrews it was like I mean that was that was my spot yeah. Well, like, you know, more beer, you'd go, you know, every, every batch of beer that I bottle, I'd like go there, talk with like the showroom guys, like, oh, like, what do you guys think about this beer, this batch or whatever, get super into it, nerd out really hard. So, uh, yeah, like super stoked on the whole more beer thing. That's a great segue for, um, you know, it was awesome having, you know, you work for us and then seeing your, your growth to open a brewery. 
uh, and then tying back around of, of, of making a homebrew recipe kit with you. Yeah, that's uh, wild. So we were like super excited to, 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 do, to do that with you. And then also, yeah, the, the, the fact that you worked with us, I think it just makes it that much more special. I mean, too. I'm so um, I'm a fan of, of your beers in, in general, uh, but then Creek Bark, I'm a fan of this, this beer as well. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, uh, let's sure. start with like the name, where'd it come from? Of course. Um, yeah, tell us a little yeah. bit about Creek so, Park. Yeah, so Creek Park, it's... Uh, Stands for Walnut Creek Skate Park. Um, so I was a big, I, you know, I, I, I skated my whole life growing up. It was like, you know, a big, huge movement of my life that I still love. I still kind of skate to this day. And um, actually like hanging out at Creek Park and just, you know, like, like, like it was like a place to like kind of escape from like the daily life and just like have fun with your friends and like push yourself to do better and everything. And, uh, you know, like sometimes like we deserve like a little break. You know, we were like skating hard in the sun all day. And like, I remember the like the first time I actually like really like sat down and drank a beer was on the Creek Park bench. So like there's, there's these like there's these there's these little uh, like barbecue benches right outside of the skate park. And my buddy Dane King at the time like went down to the store, got us all like 40s of MGD and we all like sat down on the bench. And I was just like like me, like best friend at the time. We we're just like drinking it. And I was just like, man, like. This is like such a cool like feel like like obviously we were drinking beers it was fun but like I never like had like that feeling of just like you know hanging out drinking a beer just like having fun with guys and just hanging out and just like feeling loose and like I just like really really loved that feeling and um, it just kind of like you know inspire like oh like beer is like this like really cool great fun thing and um, social yeah it's definitely like yeah, a social thing you share it yeah. exactly I love you know it's like it brings people together it's a great thing so like. So like the logo for Creek Park is like that bench and like that bench was like the first like the first time I ever like experienced beer in like a really like this like classic mature like awesome great way and uh, just learned so many things at Creek Park as well just kind of skateboarding and everything so we, we always try to push ourselves with that beer like you know it's always like a that's like the recipe always stayed the same but like, you know just finding different qualities of hops and just like Keep trying like over, yeah, yeah like putting like you know putting the best lots and everything in that beer is always a super fun thing and uh, yeah, it's it's just Creek Park IPA now. That's an awesome story. As a skater myself and a fan of skateboarding, I love the the history on that. That is that's rad. Um, so it's a West Coast IPA. Correct. Let's yes. uh, let's talk about. I mean, this specific beer, but then West Coast IPAs in general. Like, sure. what makes them different from you know a traditional old school uh, American IPA sure. or even a British IPA? For of course. Matter. Yeah, I, I would say you know like it's, and in, in the last probably like five to ten years, I would say West Coast IPAs probably taking like a more like modern look, but you know, like, you know, pre 2010, like West Coast IPA was kind of like this, you know, like just like aggressively like hopped kind of, you know, really bitter. IBUs, yeah. yeah, just like, oh, the more IBUs you can pack in there, the better, uh, just like, you know, just like, yeah, just packed, saturated full of hops and like, you know, always had like a little bit of like a crystal color to it. And it was, it was, just, it was like a really like aggressive, just like, just like in your face type beer and like, you know, like that was always a great thing and I feel like you know once the kind of hazy IPA thing kind of took and like it you know, started started becoming a little more popular people kind of like were like oh like West Coast IPAs are like a little too bitter and aggressive and like they got you know like they kind of the West Coast IPA and they almost almost died down there for a second and like you know like people could report that West Coast IPA is dead there <laughs> yeah, for, heard that before. for, yeah, for yeah. a second and um you know, like I, I feel like you know, a couple, a couple brewers were trying to like making these like more kind of modernist styles, like you know, like kind of taking out the crystal malt, just like kind of like using all base malts, kind of you know, like 
toning down the bitterness a little bit, but still keeping it more bitter than like a hazy, like soft, juicy IPA. And um, I would say like what West Coast IPA is now is just kind of like they're they're definitely more like a more pale, more clean, definitely obviously clear beers. Um, a great like assertive like round bitterness to it you know really like i like to use the word punchy hop character to it where it's like it's not juicy and soft and like that it's like it's like it, ha it tastes like you know like like orange juice where it's like it's like it has like some like tart like not like tartness but kind of like you know it kind of like makes your mouth kind of pucker a little bit and it's like it has like this good like drinkability definitely on the drier end so like Super so dry, yeah. yeah so to me right now i feel like you know what makes a west coast ipa a west coast ipa is just like yeah just dryness you know like finishing and like you know like the the the, the lower you know like two degree-ish play-doh area and um still having some like assertive hop character to it but not being overly overly bitter like usually like single 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 base malts like two row pilsner malts just like keeping it pale and clean um is a big thing of west coast ipa uh neutral ale yeast 001 just like normal cal ale that's like the that's like the meat and potatoes of a West Coast IPA right there. And just like, you know, big Mondo dry hops with it too. Like, and uh, just, yeah, just kind of like keeping it clean, crisp, you know, like punchy bitterness, good hop flavor, really aromatic, dry, and just like, just drinkable, like just more quaffable, like. Make you want to take another sip. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's, I mean, like that's, that's the beers that we love to drink here. We love to brew here. And uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just like a great year round beer. You're making uh, Killer West Coast IPAs. Thanks, man. Cheers, buddy. Let's talk about this specific one, um, Creek Park. So let's go into the ingredients on this. Sure. Like grist, uh, hops, yeast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we know Kyle. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily for all homebrewers out there, it's not it's not too complex of a recipe, which is which is awesome. I feel like I feel like simple recipes, simple beer. It's just like it's it's like a it's cohesive. It just works out. You know, it just it's clean. So um, Creek Park is just all 100% Pilsner malt beer. 100% Pilsner. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah, we use. We use we we bounced around with a couple of different Pilsner malts, like of like some North American varieties, some European varieties, and we're still like, you know, we're still kind of playing around. But we kind of found some like German Pilsner malt. It just kind of has this like little softer, rounder character to it that we're really loving. Keeps it super pale. Keeps it keeps it really really clean. Um, so yeah, so just mostly all Pilsner malt. You know, we, we use acidulated to adjust for pH, pH. in the mash and- No yeah. uh, carabati or any nope, uh, weed nope. or anything like that to nope. help with head retention? Nope, nope. Okay. Some, some of our West Coast beers, we had some, we had some like wheat or oats in there to kind of like soften things up. But this beer just kind of keeping it, yeah, keeping it crispy clean all the way through with just the Pilsner malt. And um, yeah, just, you know, mashing on like, on like the lower end too. For the dryness. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're mashing anywhere between like this beer gets like 149-ish because our R001 house yeast tends to like dry out pretty good at, at that mash temperature. So um, how long of a rest are you doing? We're doing like we're doing a 30. Well, we're doing like a total of one hour in okay. the mash tun. We're doing a like a like an old mash in. We'll do like a 30 minute rest and then we'll do a 30 minute Vorloff on top of that just to kind of just to kind of clear everything up out really good. And we're also adding about like I would say like a 80 to 20 like gypsum to calcium chloride in the mash as well. So like, you know, we're adding the gypsum to kind of like 
brighten up the hop character, kind of like, you know, make it pop a little bit more, and then a little bit of calcium chloride just to kind of round out any of those, like, so, you know, like harsher edges that might pop out. Higher sulfate, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely yeah. higher sulfate for sure. And like, and like, you know, we're not, our water that we brew with here is like always super soft and like really clean. You anyway. have some of the best water in the Bay Area. Yeah, we're stoked sure. on it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So like, so we add, you know, a very minimal amount of, of minerals back to the mash and back to the brew and it just kind of works out good. So, um, so then, yeah. So with this beer, you know, once we get it, once we get the kettle full, we, uh, we get it boiling and like we do like a very very like tiny like like the tiny little 60 minute addition just to kind of uh like it's almost i mean it's like almost calculated less than like a couple ibus it's really just to kind of help out with uh coagulations of like kind of proteins and everything because like you know almost 90 plus percent of like all the protein coagulations happens within like the first 10 minutes of the boil and having like just like a little bit of hot like literally for like yeah like, like for like our 10 barrel kettle we like throw like a handful like you know less than like you know 25 30 grams in there just to kind of help with just that and then we just kind of like let it boil let it rip the whole time we're not adding any dextrose or anything in this beer. That's a, like, you know, dextrose is usually a very like West Coasty kind of like a thing to help you know, dry it out. Exactly. Yeah. But I think like the Pilsner malt, like the, it's like the old, old base malt and like a lower mash temp kind of like gets you in that same ballpark area of, of like adding dextrose. So, uh, so no dextrose, but we just do like a nice solid, like, you know, a little, a little 10 minute addition just to kind of get some hops boiling in there, get some, get some ISO alpha happening. Get some bitterness in there and then we just do like a mondo sized whirlpool and um are you doing a hop stand drop in the temp or anything like that on no we used to like drop some of the temps at the beginning when we first started brewing here i was like oh i want to like i want to play around with all this crazy stuff and we did that and then it just it's a lot of work on a brew day and you know like we started with a couple brews like we didn't do like the lower mash temp and everything and uh we we're like, oh, like we we almost liked this like the regular whirlpool temp better than the lower whirlpool temp, and uh, we just yeah. So we're just doing you know we're like we're letting it spin like once like we'll cut the flame out, let it spin for like ten minutes, add our hops in right at like you know right at flame out, then let it rest for another ten minutes. So like a twenty minute whirlpool only, and then just knocking out after that. And like you know it's, it gets about like a forty five minute knockout on our system depending on the the season so to say, but uh. Yeah, so once we knock out, we knock out at like around like the 60 to 63 degree range Fahrenheit and oxygenate pretty good. And we, we pitch at that 60 to 63 degree range and we kind of like set our fermentation temp like right around like 66, 67. So like, you know, that first kind of day or so, it's like nice and low, kind of building up. And then, um, you know, it's kind of has a nice, you know, like slow, not slow, but like a nice coolish fermentation so pitch, to, pitch it a lower time yeah. let it rise to exactly that. so like you know it's still you know it's still a nice healthy fermentation at like 66 67 degrees fahrenheit but uh yeah you know keeping it on the colder ends to kind of you know just keeping it clean keeping the oo one clean and uh letting the hops and everything else do the talking speaking of hops so what hops are in this beer so this beer is it's about 50 50 down the middle of citra and nelson mm, nelson yeah 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 so we've been getting some awesome nelson in lately yeah, I, th I think it's like a beautiful, a beautiful little hop character. We're getting some like really great kind of like passion fruit, danky diesel from the Nelson. We're getting some cool, just like tropical fruit from the Citra and uh, it just plays out beautifully in the beer. So um, we, yeah, so we're fermenting this beer probably for about like seven days, just like keeping it at that 66, 67. And um, 
you know, once it gets to final, like, you know, right around like day six or day seven, you know, once it's like, once it's like kind of been at final gravity for a day or two, we'll, uh, you know, kind of remove the yeast off, we'll harvest the yeast, dump the yeast, whatever we're doing with it, and just dry hop the tank. And we're dry hopping at about like four, like a little over four pounds per barrel. Okay. We're like, you know, it's kind of like, we're just throwing like a 44 pound box into a 10 barrel tank. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's simple for us. It's, it's yeah. easy and uh, we don't have to weigh anything out, which is good. So we're not using like, you know, like open bags of yeah, hops or anything, which yeah. is great. And um, yeah, we're keeping that, like we're keeping that on the hops and the dry hop for about like anywhere from like four to six days, depending on oh, like, wow, okay. yeah. And like, um, at that point, you know, like, like right when we dry hop as well, we, we turn the temperature up on the tank. So like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll set the temperature to like 68 and a half ish. So, uh, as it's, you know, like there's still a bit of yeast activity in there with like when you, when you, when you put the hops in. So like, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's getting a little, it's turning up on itself. It's kind of like, you know, doing like the whole, you know, the hop, like the green rest, the hop rest, you know, kind of like waiting for the hop creep to go away. Yep. And, um, yeah, you know, like I, I can, every beer that we, before we crash every beer, which I highly suggest for any brewer, is doing a diastole test. It's not that hard, just kind of, you know, like we just take a sample within like a covered type of like cup. I use like a little like, like a, like a water, like a steel metal water bottle with like a little lid on it. And I was like, put the sample in there and like put the, and put that sample in like a little bucket of hot water yeah. and let's let it warm up and just kind of like, just, you know, Keep smelling it as it warms up. Detect for diastole, and then if it's, if it's all clean, then you know you're good to crash it. And uh, you know, we we force carb our beer for the like about like halfway through. Actually, like during our dry hopping phase, um, you'll see in some of these tanks, like so, like some of the pressure gauges get pretty high. So like we like to we, we add the we add the dry hops in the tank, and we just kind of like we cap the tank, so we just close off Great all the valves, out. and um, it just kind of builds that natural. Um, you know, like the natural CO2, that natural pressure in the tank. And um, actually like it's, it's, we love it because that actual pressure that's coming in is actually absorbing into the beer as well. So like once we crash the beer and like we're ready to like add some finings and carbonate, like the beer is almost like halfway carved oh up from just like that natural thing. And like, I think there's like some like, there potentially could be some like bio transformation. There's definitely some like mingling of hops and yeast yeah. going on in there. And we, I know it's just kind of working out for us, which we love. And then- um, Locking all that aroma yeah, in. Exactly, so you're yeah, exactly. not just letting it go out your blowout. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's all, yeah. Cause like, you know, we, we just want to treat our beer like as gentle as possible. Like, you know, once once the dry hops are in there, it's like, you know, all those oils are, are volatile. And like, you know, the more you kind of bubble it around or like the more you kind of get, like, yeah, you know, the more you blow it off, all those, all those great, aromas and characters are just leaving the beer so like keeping that in the fluid is always like of the utmost important for us which is amazing and yeah no we just try to be as gentle as we can with the beer because we just want it to be as as best as possible so i see you're using uni tanks and this yeah. is just beautifully clear so yes. how, how are you getting that clarity is so it this is actually um this is werflock in the kettle like about like a 10 10 minute edition of werflock and then some biofine like right at carbonation mm -hmm. pretty much like so so like the day the day after we crash you know the tank's nice and cold down to 32 we'll dump all the hops out and then um we'll just like add like dump all the hops out we'll depressurize the tank we'll add our biofine into the top mm -hmm. and then we'll hook up our like carb stone into the racking arm and just kind of you know bubble it through there and that kind of like mixes up a little Good bit idea. of everything and then like you know once it's once it's fully carved, we, 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 we try to let it sit for like at least four days, like 
carved and fine in the tank so like everything has time to drop out compresses that like that kind of like that um that hop cone at the bottom before we actually rack the beer out of it and it just kind of dries up perfectly and uh yeah it looks beautiful yeah. so what about 21 days yeah grain yeah, glass? Us yeah usually it's like it's like a three-week beer like you know we're not we're yeah we don't want we're not in the we're not in the in the style of rushing beer here like i know it's it's definitely different being a business and like home production brewing. versus yeah, but at the uh, same time it's like you know all this like it comes down to the quality of the beer and like you know you can definitely tell when beers are rushed a little bit so we just kind of give the beer the time that we need and we'd rather just like push out a beer that's just like phenomenal rather than push out two batches of beer that are like okay so um yeah it just definitely kinda, comes through in the beer yeah it's, it's thank amazing, you, yeah man. so yeah just giving it giving it its time giving it its time to clear up just like being gentle with everything um yeah, and just like yeah, the clarity. Like it's like you know, I think you know the water here is great. And you know, like using that the higher gypsum, definitely the calcium help helps kind of like precipitate out some some hazy type, you know, formation stuff. Uh, we love to use the the Werflock G, the granular Werflock, mm. instead of the tablets. the tablets. Yeah, and I feel like that has a better sometimes like a better impact on clarity than the tablets do. Interesting. And um, yeah, and then we're just. A little bit of biofine, just a little bit, because I'm always a little bit wary of biofine, because you know some over biofined beers could, you know, it could affect head retention and stuff like Definitely, that. Which yeah. I'm like, you know, us being you know, like brewing a lot of lagers and doing stuff like that, like you know, like head retention to us is like is just as important as like hop aroma, as everything else. So it's like keeping good head retention and lacing is like always a, a crucial thing too. But you know, it's kind of a, a dancing between a fine line of like getting a clear beer and keeping head retention, but um. But yeah, so yeah, so it's like, it's like, you know, it turns out to be like a, like a 6.9 ABV West Coast IPA, Citra Nelson, all pills and malt, just kind of crispy, punchy, clean, super hop forward, hop aromatic, but like smooth round bitterness, still enough to kind of like leave your mouth a little bit like oily, sappy, but nothing too powerful and just, yeah, just like a everyday drinker. Yeah. Delicious, man. Thanks, cheers. Thanks, dude. Heck yeah.